If you would, take your Bibles out and turn to Joshua, Joshua chapter 5, and we're going we're gonna to be there eventually this morning. Uh, we're going to read not all of this. You can read it if you'd like, Joshua 5 all the way through, uh, Joshua 5.13 all the way through 6.27, and that's what we're, we're coming out of this morning. I'm glad you're here this morning. Probably only, only preachers, or maybe only me, but only preachers notice this. Usually the Sunday after Christmas and the Sunday after uh, Easter is low, <laughs> okay? But, but it's, we're not that low. I mean, we are, but we're not. Uh, I'm glad you're here this morning. Uh, I think sometimes people feel like, well, I paid my dues. I, I'm going to take next week off. So uh, hopefully that's not the case. Uh, and we're going to continue back. I kind of made a detour last week as we talked about three faces of death. But we're going to get back on our... Uh, our thoughts about the valley of decision and really being in the valley of decision. The children of Israel, they've moved. They've moved uh, from the wilderness of, of worrying and wondering what's going to happen to the promised land, a land that was promised of peace that was given to them. They, they moved from the wilderness uh, and wandering around to a, to a promised land where they're progressing. They're moving forward the, from the wilderness. They uh, they went from despondency to delight. They, they've, everything is going great, and from defeat to victory. That's what we have seen so far. And the victorious Christian life is kind of rising above where we're at and gaining new ground. We've talked about all this over the past few weeks. And walking in the Spirit and having the fruits of the Spirit, and that's really what we see the children of Israel doing. So we talked a couple weeks ago about they crossed over the Jordan, and uh, that's we sang about that a little bit actually this morning also. Uh, and after they crossed the Jordan to Jericho, this is the first city they came to, okay, Jericho. And, and Jericho was considered one of the greatest walled fortresses of all time. That's what was Jericho was. Uh, it had a a military city that was unparalleled in those days. There was nothing like it during those days. Matter of fact, the walls were so thick that they would ride chariots around the top of them. So this is a, this is a huge fortified city. And they were in the wilderness just a few weeks ago, and now they're facing this city. They're facing Jericho. Uh, from a human perspective, it was considered unconquerable. Not just improbable, but but it was it seemed impossible to to conquer that city. So think about it from the uh, from the Israelites' point of view. They've moved into the promised land. They've looked at this walled city that that they say there is no way that we can uh, that we can take this city. Now, uh, if you already know the story, then then you may be a little bit ahead of me. But I want to give you a test and. And uh, you can answer if you'd like, uh, but uh, so a few weeks ago, God made a promise to Israel, and we talked about it for 45 minutes probably, and, and what, what was that promise? Do y'all remember? The, the promise was this. You'll remember it when I say it. Now, there's a purpose why I'm asking you this. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm not trying to get you to dig back and see if you took notes. Uh, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or guilty because I'll be honest, uh, you know, I, I preach series a lot of times and I think it's sometimes so I'll remember what I preached last week and I can kind of start from there. 
so I don't expect you to always remember everything in every sermon, but, but God said this to the children of Israel. He said, I'm giving you the land, didn't he? Y'all remember that? He said, when you cross over, uh, I'm going to deliver you. And, and we had a whole list of Jebusites and Hittites and Canaanites and all of those ites, you know. And God said, I'm going I'm to deliver those people to you. The victory's been won. The battle is mine. And you're going to have victory in the Lord. Now, here's, here's where I want to go with that. That was a reminder, and I think probably most people remember that. Now, if you weren't here, you may just remember it from times past. But how quick do we as Christians forget God's promise? Think about that. How quick do we hear or read God's promise or we talk about it in a message and you talk about it in Sunday school or you read it in a quiet time and you say, boy, God said, I'm going to give you victory. I'm going to deliver you everywhere your feet step. You're going to have victory. You're going to prosper in all that you do. And we look at Jericho and we forget all about that. We forget God made a promise. God has won the victory And I think in our lives, each of us have some kind of walled city we face. I think in all of our lives, there's a a place of hopeless defeat, a place that we come to and and we don't think we can conquer it. Whatever it may be, it's something that's that's a barrier that stands in our way. And when it's time for us to to move on, we we face that barrier and we just give up. We say, you know, I can't can't conquer that. And we give up on it. So, So I want you to think this morning, what is your Jericho? Is there anything in your life? And it doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It doesn't have to be a walled, fortified city, but something that when you think about it, it it just, it just shouts defiance in your face. Every time you think, well, I'm going to do this or I want to do that. And, and uh, all of a sudden it, it comes to your mind and, and, it's like it says, if it wasn't for me, you'd have made it. If it wasn't for this issue, uh, your dreams stop cold with me. Your desires, they, they end right here where you crossed my path. Whatever that Jericho is, I want you to think about that. It, it could be an overwhelming sin, something you've dealt with all your life, and you, you come to the point of saying, you know what, I just can't get victory over this. It's a, it's a Jericho. It's a walled city that every time that, that temptation comes up, I just can't overcome it. And, and it just, it may be an unhealthy attitude. Maybe it's just a, an attitude that you, you struggle with and, and, you know, somebody may have done you wrong in the past or something's happened in the past and, and your heart is bitter towards that and you just can't get over it. It just, it just keeps there. It's that unhealthy attitude. I just listed some things and, and maybe it's, uh, maybe it's a grudge. Maybe it's an unhappy marriage. Maybe it's guilt over past sins. Maybe it's a lack of education for some people. Maybe it's a lack of motivation. Maybe it's a lack of confidence. Maybe it's a lack of money. Maybe it's a financial downfall. Downfall. Whatever it is, whatever that personal uh, 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 Jericho is, it just seems like I can't overcome this. I can't have success over this, whatever it may be. So when you come to the Jericho, you have two choices. Here's your two choices. You can flee from it or you can face it. Now think about the, the children of Israel here. They had two choices when they got to Jericho. They could flee. But where does that lead them? That leads them back to the wilderness, doesn't it? So the choice was this, face it 
or go back to the wilderness. And you remember in the wilderness, they're wandering around. They have no direction. They have no aim. They have no food. God has said, I'm going to give you this. And instead of them receiving what God had for them, they're simply living in a dry, thirsty land. So when we face those walls of Jericho in our own life, what are we going to do? Are we going to flee or are we going to face it? And this morning, I want to talk about how we can face the walls of Jericho. And, and this is how we do it. We do it through faith. Now, if a preacher preaches on faith, it's real easy for us to say, well, I have faith. But, but I want us to really think about faith and putting faith into action. Not simply with the words of I have faith and I have some Jerichos, but I'm saved, so I know I have faith. I'm talking about putting those, those ideals of faith into action. When you face Jericho, when you face those walls and you say, I can't overcome these things, I want us to think about faith. Listen to what Hebrews 11.30 says. It says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after the people marched around them for seven days. By faith the walls of Jericho fell. By faith that fortified city fell. It wasn't the marching, it wasn't the yelling, it wasn't the trumpets, it wasn't the people. It was simply that they had victory over Jericho and they received that by faith. Now listen to this. Faith is not achieved through fighting. It's achieved through faith. I want you to just put yourself in, the, in the, 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 these Israelites' position here. There, there are warriors there. There's men that, that have joined the army. They're ready to fight. And, and they come to this fortified city and God says, you know what, I'm going to deliver this over to your hand. And I imagine they were preparing for battle and they were thinking, boy, we're going we're gonna to have this fight with Jericho and I don't know how it's going to how it's going to turn out. And, and God said, wait a minute, victory is achieved not through fighting, but through faith. So in your walls, in your Jericho, when, when something's too big for you to handle, and you've come to that point of saying, you know what, God, I, I just, I don't know what to do. I can't overcome this. Then go back and say, wait a minute, I can't fight this thing. I'm going to have faith, and, and I'm going to turn this over to God. Listen to what 1 John says in 1 John chapter 5. Verse 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. John says, Hey, we have victory that overcomes the world, and what is it? It's our faith. It's, it's where we live, and it's how we walk, and it's how we deal in faith. So let's first talk about faith and its object, the object of faith. Now, this is where we're going to get over to Joshua chapter 5. Go down to verse 13. Joshua chapter 5, 13. Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Now this is funny to me, it may not be to you, but Joshua went up to him and said, Hey, are you for us or against us? Are you our enemy or are you on our side? And the NIV says neither, the King James Version says no. So Joshua goes up to this guy. He sees a guy standing there. He's got a sword drawn. He goes, you, you for us or are you against us? And he says, no. He says this, neither, he replied, but I'm a commander of the army of the Lord, and I have now come. Now I want you to think about that object of faith. Joshua's out in the field. He's kind of on a reconnaissance mission. In other words, he's gone and he said, I'm going to go look at Jericho and 
and I've got this strategic ideal that I need to set up, and we're going to have this battle with Jericho, and uh, I need to look at it. I need to kind of feel the lay of the land. I need to kind of see all these, these things. And, and he looks around, and there's a guy just standing there, and the guy's got a sword out. I think I would attend to run, wouldn't you? I mean, you're at the enemy's camp. You're looking their city over. You turn around, and here stands a guy with a sword drawn. And, 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 and I guess Joshua said, hey, I, I need to know. I, I, the first logical question, you a good guy or a bad guy? You, you got a black hat or a white hat? I, I need to find out exactly where you are. Are you, are you for us or are you against us? And this mysterious character just says, no. I, I am I am neither, and, and a lot of people say that this was Jesus Christ making an earthly appearance. It, at the very least, he's a commander of the armies of God. Now, I don't want to beat that point, whether it is or not, but verse 14, look what Joshua did. It says, uh, we'll just start at the first of verse 14. He says, neither, but I'm a commander of the army of the Lord, and I have come now. Then look what Joshua did. He fell down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? Now, you know other places in the Bible, anytime somebody bowed down to anybody other than God, what did that angel do? He said, hey, don't worship me. I'm just a fellow servant. You know, don't, don't, don't bow down before me. I'm just a... That's what John did in Revelation. Remember John... Bowed down, bowed down to that angel, and the angel said, hey, wait, 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 don't worship me. But in this picture we have here, as Joshua fell to the ground in awe, the angel gave the message. So, so maybe it is Jesus Christ. Like I say, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that point, but listen, I think there's a valuable lesson that we find here. And here's the lesson. I think we need to stop trying to get God on our side, and we need to get on God's side. Doesn't that make sense? I want to say that again because I didn't hear a single amen. We need to stop trying to get God on our side, and we should get on God's side. Now think about that. What do we do? What does Jake do? I do this. God, I want you with me on this. God, I'm trying to get through this, and I, I, want, you to, I want you to get with me. I want you to bless me. I want to prosper in whatever this may be. And, and God, I need you over here on my side. When we need to do what Joshua does, he lays down, takes his sword off, gets in the dust, and says, Okay, God, here I am. Here's Jericho, but you know what, God? It's not my problem. It's your problem. It's your problem. I'm just going to turn it over to you. And God, when I turn it over to you, you deal with it. I'm going to get on your side. I'm going to let you lead the battle. I'm going to let you lead the fight. And, and I'm just going to trust whatever you tell me to do. Now, it's an attitude change. We're not raised that way from a, from a secular standpoint, from a nature standpoint. We're not raised that way. We're raised to, hey, let's, let's make the deal. Let's get the problem solved. Let's move on. But, but it's an attitude change. We, we really can't, can't get victory over our stubborn sin, over our old man, the old man that lives within us, until we position ourselves under the Lord. When we position ourselves under the Lord, then, the, then Christ says, hey, you have victory, even your faith. We have victory. So that's why it's so important that we would live by faith. When we've tried everything in our marriage and nothing's worked, the great news is 
We need to learn to turn it over to God. Just surrender it to God and say, okay, God, here, here it is. I'm going to lay this at your feet. And I'm going to allow you, and I'm going to trust you. Not, not surrendering to the enemies, but just saying, God, uh, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to give you this problem. I'm going to tell you what this problem is. And God, I'm going to turn it over to you, and I'm going to trust that, that you're going to work through this. And I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to follow you. And you know what? We need to let go sometimes and say, God, you've got control. You remember what David did? Sometimes... Uh, when when we have to we have to conquer something, we need to conquer ourselves. We need to take a sober look. That's what the Bible says. We need to take a sober look at ourselves. And and remember, little David. I'm not talking about King David. I'm talking about little David. Little David was out and his brothers and they was in a battle and he went out to bring them some some cheese sandwiches. And while he was out there, he heard Goliath yelling over there at him. And and David said, "Who is that uncircumcised Philistine?" to yell at God's people. He went back and told the king, he said, you know what, I'm going to go face the giant. And the king said, okay, whatever you want to do, here's all of my armor. And David put all that armor on. I just get a picture in my head of this little guy with a, with a shield that came down halfway down his, below his knees and, and just weighted down of all that stuff. And he throws that stuff off and he said, hey, I don't need all this little, I don't need this stuff. And this is what he said in 1 Samuel 17, 44. He said to Goliath, you come at me with a sword and you come at me with a spear. But I come to you in the name of the Jesus Lord of Christ, Jesus Christ the Lord, and today he's going to hand you over to me. Now that's faith, isn't it? That's saying, you know what, God, I can't fight the battle with all of these things that the world says I have to have to fight a battle, I'm going to come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to stand before Goliath, or I'm going to stand before Jericho, and I'm going to say, all right, Lord, you hand this over to me because you've given me a promise when I trust you. Man, we could spend the rest of time talking about David. That's faith. That's faith when you can stand before the giant with nothing but a sling and some rocks and say, you know what? God's going to deliver you to me. I don't have to fight this battle because God is going to fight the battle for me. So think about Joshua. He's looking at the problem, those insurmountable walls. Joshua's looking at those problems. Now, all of a sudden, he's face to face with God. He's looking at the walls. The Bible says he heard a man. He turned around. Now he's face to face with God's messenger. He's face to face with God himself. Looking at the walls brings fear, but looking at God brought faith. When we look at the walls, we, that leads us to fear. But when we look at God, it leads us to have faith in Him. When we got our eyes on the wrong object, and remember we're talking about faith and its object, when we begin to look at the object instead of looking at God, we have fear in our life. You remember old Peter? Peter walked on the water, and what's the Bible say? He saw the wind and rain, and he started sinking. You know, as long as he had his eyes on God, he was walking on the water. When Jesus Christ was out there, and Jesus Christ said, Come on, Peter, come on out here to me. And Peter got down out of the boat, and he starts walking on the water to Jesus. And, and he began to look around. He saw the walls. He saw the impossible. I can't walk on water. I can't defeat, Joy. I can't defeat the walls of Jericho. I can't, I can't climb this mountain. I can't overcome my problem. And we take our eyes off the object of our faith, which should be God. He should be the one we focus our attention on. And, and 
Fear is, is looking through your problems, and faith is looking at God through your problems. When we, when we, simply, look, when we simply look at God through our problems, we have a problem, we, we look at God through those problems. When we have faith, we're, we're looking at our problems through God. We say, okay, God, here's the problem, and I'm going to look at that through you. So some people spend their whole lives gazing up at the walls of Jericho and they never get anything done. I, I read this story about the first steamboat that was invented. The legend says that at the launching there was a man present there and he was, he was reciting all the while they're putting this first steamboat in the water. It'll never get going. You'll never get that thing going. It'll never work. You'll never get it going. And he just kept going around the crowd saying, hey, it's never, it's never going to work. It's never going to go. Then they got the thing started, and it started down the river, and he said, they'll never stop that thing. They'll never get it to stop. That's the way some people are, aren't they? They just, they just have that, that ideal programmed in. All of a sudden, they, they glance at the problem, and, and they say, you know what? This will never work. I can never overcome it. And I'll never get it stopped now. Well, it'll never work. And, and we need to gaze at our problems. We need to glance at our problems and gaze at Jesus. When we have a problem, we, we need to take a glance at it and we need to gaze at Jesus and we need to say, all right, here's the problem. We're going to walk by faith. Here's the next thing. This is, this is point number two, and that's this. We have faith as object. Now, this is faith and obedience. Look at, look at chapter 6. Starting in verse 1. Now remember who we've got out here. We've got a bunch of soldiers. We've got a bunch of people, a bunch of Israelites. This is what God says. This is Joshua 6. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one could come in. No one could go out. You know, those in Jericho knew that Israel had crossed the Jordan, didn't they? I mean, they knew there was a battle coming. They knew there was a fight coming. They shut the walls up. They shut the doors down. They said, nobody's leaving. Nobody's coming in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this is verse 2, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its kings and along with its fighting men. Isn't that interesting? The walls are still standing. Jericho is still there. It's still full of people. It's still got the king in there. It's still got his army in there. And God says, look, look, Joshua, I've delivered Jericho to your hands. You have the victory. And in verse 3, he says, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. And seven priests carrying trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast, the trumpet, a long blast on the trumpet, have all the people with a loud shout, shout out, then the walls of the city will collapse and the people will go up and every man straight in. Aren't those some odd instructions? Remember who we have there? We have a fighting army. We have a group of men that's armed. 
We have a group of men that says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to battle, and in this battle, we, we're going we're gonna to have a, a military plan, and we have these strategic strongholds, and we're going to attack from here, and we're going to attack from here, and we have all these plans. And, and God says, wait a minute. Uh, you don't need a catapult. You don't need a, a, a battery ram to, to knock the door down. You don't need fiery arrows or, or anything to start the fires with. You don't need ladders. You don't need to put those things together. Just walk around the city and be patient. Just walk around the city and be patient. I wish I had looked this up. I didn't. And it may say here in Scripture how, how far it is around. The, around. I don't know how far it is, but it's a huge city. It's a, it's a pretty good walk, so, so just walk around the city, and then when I tell you, shout! Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? God was, God was saying, hey, here's the plan, and I'm going to test your obedience. I want to I test your obedience. You know, it's easy to say, I have faith. Oh, I have faith, but, but we show our faith through being obedient to what God says, whether it makes sense or not. If God says, okay, here's what I want you to do. You've, you've, you've prayed about it. You've asked God about it. You've listened to this message. You found something in Scripture and you read it and you say, well, I feel like God's telling me to do that. That makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand why I would do that, God. This is what I need to do. Get on my side. God, I've got it all figured out. If you'll just bless it, it's going to work. And God says, well, wait a minute. I have it figured out, and I, you need to be obedient. If you're going to live in faith, we need to be obedient, and we need to obey God whether it makes sense or whether it doesn't make sense. Much of the Bible is contrary to human logic, isn't it? I mean, human's logic says, hey, I don't understand, and since I don't understand, I don't want to be obedient because I have to know the X, Y, and Z, and I have to know the final outcome, and I have to know all the figures before it'll ever work. God doesn't work that way. He says, I want you to step out in faith. You remember two weeks ago, we talked about the priest. They went to the Jordan River, and the Bible says the Jordan River was at flood stage. And the, when did the water stop? When they stepped in the water. That didn't make sense, did it? But they said, you know what, God, I'm simply going to be obedient. We don't have to understand God's commands in order to trust Him. We just simply have to obey Him. We have to trust that, that hey, this is what God says. And we need, to, we need to follow through with what God has for us. The Bible's not a book to be explained as much as it is a book to be obeyed. When we start looking at it and say, how can we explain this and how can we explain that? We can't explain everything in the Bible. The Bible even says that. It says there's some things we're not going to know this side of heaven. So it's not a book to be explained as much as it is a book to be obeyed. The, the, the people of Jericho, they were seasoned warriors. Now, the Bible doesn't say this, but I want you to think about this. If you, I've watched some old shows, you know, where you have, where you have armies going and attack fortified cities. What's happening? They're throwing rocks off the walls. They're, they're, just imagine what the people of Jericho may have been doing as, as, as the Israelites circled. I mean, they may have been throwing bedpans full of whatever on them. They may have been cleaning out barns and throwing on them. They may have been spitting on them. They may have been throwing rocks down on them. Whatever they were doing, you don't think they were just standing there going, hmm, wonder what they're going to do next. I mean, they're starting the battle. They realize they've come, and, and, and just whatever it may be, there, there, there's something there. And, and the next day, the soldiers all had to get up. They had to get dressed, and they had to go face it again. 
And the next day, they had to get up, and they had to get dressed, and they had to go face it again. And the next day, they had to get up, and they had to get dressed, and they had to go face it again for seven days. Man, after about three days, I've been looking at the walls saying, man, have they got any cracks in them yet? Because I don't think we're doing any good here, Joshua. I mean, I don't even see anything decaying. I don't see anything falling. I don't see anything happen. But over and over and over, God says, you know what? You're going to walk by faith. I'm going to test you and see how obedient you may be. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are lost, but to those of us being saved, it's the power of God. For those people that were in, uh, on the walls of Jericho, it was foolishness. I bet they were scratching their heads saying, what in the world are these people doing? It's foolishness. And sometimes when we have God and He wants to lead us, the world is going to look at you and, and say, you don't need to do that. Here's what you need to be doing. What you're doing is foolish. Folks, when we start living by faith, the world is going to look at us and say, that's, that's foolishness what you're doing. Man, what that preacher said, do what? I wouldn't put up with that for two minutes. That's foolishness. And God says, wait a minute, here's the plan. And the, and the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those being saved. So they may have felt like fools, but you know what? They followed in God's commandment. 1 Corinthians 4.10 says this, We are fools for Christ's sakes, but you are wise in Christ. And when we're weak, we're made strong. Do you hear that? When somebody says, well, I wouldn't put up with that. You're a fool. Say, yes, right. I'm a fool for Christ. But you know what? In Christ, I've been made wise. And when I'm weak in Christ, I've been made strong. Now, I'm getting ready to close here. Look at verse 13. Joshua chapter 6, verse 13. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord. And while the trumpets kept sounding, so on the second day after they marched around the city, that's not where I want to be. Okay, let's look at verse 15. On the seventh day they got up all at daybreak, marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day... They circled the city seven times. And the seventh time around, when the priest shouted in the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you this city. I want you to notice two words. Now, my, my translation is a little different in verse 13. But the words mean the same. It says this. It says, Continually and ongoing. If you have the King James Version, it says continually and ongoing. The NIV says this, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went marching before the ark of the Lord. Uh, the armed men went ahead of them following the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept on sounding. The, 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 NIV, the King James says continually and ongoing. The reason I wanted to use that King James word is, is those two words, continually and ongoing. You know what? The walk of faith is a, is a persistent walk. It's, it's continuing and ongoing. Again, I want you to think about the soldiers. They're walking in faith, aren't they? 
Joshua has already said, already said God's going to deliver this land to us. He said we need to march seven times around this building. They're, they're marching in faith continually and ongoing. They just continue. What God has said, they continue. Day one, nothing. Day two, nothing. Day three, nothing. Day four, five, six, seven. Nothing happened. But they were continually and ongoing. I was thinking about, remember naming the leper? You know, he was a he was a he was a king. He was a guy that that would have thought getting in the Jordan was nasty, dirty, filthy. And that little servant boy said, "Hey, I I know somebody can heal your leprosy." And God said, "What? Go to the Jordan and dip seven times." Now, what do you think about that king? He went a walk of perseverance, a walk of he was persistent in his walk, and he continually. Day after day, follow what God said. Day after day. The Bible says he, he dipped seven times. You know what? On dip number six, when he come up out of the Jordan, he could look at his hands and he still had leprosy. It wasn't gone. It, it, was, it was six times and it wasn't gone, but on the seventh time, God healed him. Faith is an ongoing thing. It's not something we live by one time. It's ongoing. You know, Abraham Lincoln, it wasn't a quitter. He lost nine elections. He lost his uh, fiance. He had a nervous breakdown. He went bankrupt twice. And he did all that before he became president. That was Lincoln. I read this. I don't know if it's true or not. Thomas Edison, you know, he, he invented hundreds of different things. And uh, of course, I guess the light bulb is what we give him the most credit for. They say he lived on the second floor, or his lab was on the second floor of a building, and there was a window there. So every time he tried something and it failed, he threw it out that window. He, well, that didn't work, so he threw it out the window. They said by the time he died, there was a pile of stuff all the way to the second floor window that lab he was in. He said he tried 700 times to develop the light bulb and he failed. Think about that. 700, you know what he said? You've probably heard this. They, they asked him about, you failed 700 times. What did you learn? He said, I didn't fail. I succeeded at finding 700 ways a bulb won't work. <laughs> well, that's true, isn't it? I didn't fail. I learned 700 ways that won't work. But he was persistent. Folks, when it comes to our walk in faith, with a, we need to think about the object of our faith. We need to think about being obedient in our faith, and we need to realize that faith is something that's ongoing. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. <coughs> As we think about the walls of Jericho, we think about the children of Israel, we think about the the wall that they faced, we think about the insults that was hurled at them, no telling what else was thrown down at them, and, and they simply said, okay, we're going we're gonna to follow the object of our faith, which is God the Father through Jesus Christ. And through that object of faith, God is, has called us to obedience. In this world, it doesn't make sense. In my own mind, it doesn't make sense. But I believe God's calling. I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to follow through in obedience. Not one day, not two days, not three days, but I'm going to be persistent, ongoing,
and continuous as I walk by faith. You know, if you make that your prayer, I think you'll be surprised how God will take down the walls. We started this morning, and I asked you, what are some walls that you face? There's, I just listed a few. I don't know everybody's heart. God knows it. You know it. You know those walls that you face right now. It, it, bitterness, hatred, jealousy. What? There's so many things we could just stand here and name over and over and over. That's a wall that you face. You know what? If we'll walk by faith, God will take down those strongholds. He'll take down those walls and give us victory. He's promised us victory over the world, even our faith. Father, I pray this morning as we think about the walls that we face, the Jerichos that we face, Lord, I pray that we can look at the children of Israel and we can see that they had the object was you. As, as they looked away from the walls and looked at your messenger and realized that they're not to focus on the problem, but they're to focus on you. I ask you to uh, not bless them, but say, God, we're going to get on your side. We're not going to look at our problems through our eyes, but we're going to look at them through your eyes. Father, I pray that would be the desire of our heart today. Your Spirit is the only way that we can get there, not through words that I have to say, but Lord, I pray that we'd be sensitive to the movement of your Spirit, we'd be obedient to the movement of your Spirit, and we'd walk in faith. I pray this in the name of Jesus.